welcome to Tracy Cochran's weekly guided meditation at the Hudson River Sangha. Tracy's teachings are given freely. If you'd like to support the teacher and the Sangha, please visit Tracy's website at tracycochran.org. There you'll find ways to donate, and any contribution will be welcome. Enjoy the guided meditation. So, I just wanted to say that here we are, still virtual. But I want to invite you to begin the way I always begin, which is to bring the attention, you've heard me say this again and again, to bring it home with a little bit of a intention without being insistent that I let myself be as present as I can be. And we do this together, and we can do this together right now, so that even though we can't be in each other's company at the moment, we can know that we're sharing something a real intention to be present. And that this can seem like such a fragile little thing, but it's not. And as many of us know, um, the great Zen master and poet and peace activist Thich Nhat Han died a few days ago. And I wanted to read just a few lines written by him. And I think it was from a work called Closing the Coffin. And he writes, this body is not me. I'm not limited by this body. I am life without boundaries. I have never been born, and I have never died. Look at the ocean and the sky filled with stars, manifestations from my wondrous true mind. And now, this is the kind of passage that could immediately turn you off. You could think, oh, this is so fanciful. This is the the Buddhist stuff I'm not so interested in, this belief system. And rebirth, no, no death, no birth. That's not what I come here for. But I gently want you to consider that when we bring our attention to presence, to our physical presence, with an attitude of acceptance. We're inviting ourselves to know that there is inside us an attention that is not limited by this body and its conditioning. It's something free. But it's Sunday night, and uh, that always brings a certain poignancy. So instead of a lecture, I'm going to tell you a short story. And some of you have read it, and some of you know it. 
but this is my fresh understanding. It has come from it. So decades ago, uh, 23, 24 years ago, with, I don't know, what I thought were good intentions, I took my then little girl on a retreat with Thich Han. And right from the start, she wasn't doing anything I wanted her to be doing. Can you relate to that? So to the point where I'd had all these images. First of all, most of us undertake spiritual work as a form of manipulation. Whether we know it or not, we're doing it because we want stuff to change. And this is completely natural. We want to feel better. And sometimes we want to use it to help other people change. But there I was in this huge space. And it was glaringly clear that my little girl was not going to cooperate with my projection of how she was supposed to be to the point where Thich Nhat Hanh was in this wonderful voice was describing children being fresh like flowers and, and Alex is writhing around on the floor under her, putting her head under a jacket not to be looked at. In other words, she was being healthy, I suppose. And I realized as the days went by that things were not going to go the way I hoped. And you know, I won't repeat what I've already written. It had like memorable moments, like we were supposed to be eating in silence and and she was rasping, This is not my experiment. And here's this great master. This is not my experiment. I have a question. What's your question? Is a pumpkin a fruit or a vegetable? A vegetable. Why are you being so mean? And most memorably, to skip to the chase, he would always say in so many gatherings, he would have this glorious big bell, and he'd say, listen to the sound of the bell directing us to our true home. There's something in us that longs to come to presence. But my little girl hissed, my true home is Brooklyn, that's not here. So here came the lesson. And part of every retreat with this great Zen master was walking meditation. And he would often famously say that the real miracle isn't to travel into space or to walk on water, but to walk on the earth to be really present. And so you would see him walk with literally a thousand people behind him, and including often vets from Vietnam, the war in Vietnam, in their tattered uniforms, and always 
little children. So at this retreat, we're walking along in this great and moving procession. And my little girl, of course, had split off to roll down the hills and shout and do what she could to express herself in the midst of this great silence and procession. And still he walked. And Baker, Roshi, famous American, Roshi once described him as Thich Nhat Hanh, as a cross between a cloud, a snail, and heavy machinery. That he was light, he was free, he was unperturbed, and he just kept moving. So we come to a beach where we're all going to sit and meditate. And I had I had done something most parents, I'm not proud of it, but most parents have done this at one point or another. I looked down pretending my daughter was not my daughter. <laughs> I don't know who this child is, but I'm just gonna walk struggling with myself, of course, and my conditioning, and what kind of mother are you, and is this unconditional love, and all these thoughts proceeding in my head. And then we settle down on the beach by a lake, and I hear the bell, a small bell this time, calling everyone to mindfulness. And I looked up, barely daring to look up, and I saw Thich Nhat Hanh in his brown monk's robes with his hand on the back of my daughter's head. And I realized that she had rung the bell, calling people to stillness, to silence. And I asked her about it later, and she said, well, I was just throwing sand around, you know, like you do in the middle of a silent retreat with Tignanat. And he looked at me and gestured for me to come over and sit beside him. And I realized I didn't even really fully understand when I wrote the story that what he was teaching, modeling, showing wasn't that somehow this was the best way to bring a child to stillness, to, to bring her to heal. He was demonstrating what acceptance looks like, real acceptance. And he is famously, he did famously teach that understanding is acceptance. Love, ultimately, is acceptance. And that, I, these aren't his words, but my understanding now, that this way of practicing isn't about changing 
reality ever manipulating other people or ourselves. It's about discovering an awareness inside that allows us to be with what is. Discovering that we're more than our physical bodies and their limitations. There are a number of people over here in the space who are dealing with illness, either a virus or something more chronic. And what we touch here is an awareness and attention that is free of identification with the body, with emotions, with our thinking, thinking, thinking. Something that can be with what's happening. Moment by moment by moment. And that this is just the opposite of resignation or checking out, spacing out. It's discovering something vibrant inside that can meet this, that can meet this moment and the next moment and the next moment. And that these often fanciful or scary sounding statements like Dick Not Han saying, I am not my body. I cannot die. I was never born. These wild sounding things are pointing towards something inside us and our loved ones and all beings that's free, that's aware, that's here, right here. So that no matter what happens to us and our loved ones, in all the changes we go through in this life, there will be something here still that can't be destroyed. Something that connects us. Something that we share. So let's sit together and then then we can have an exchange. So take a comfortable seat and notice how that feels to really let yourself be welcome to be just like this. All your parts, all your children inside. Welcome. Including the parts, the little kid who doesn't want to be here, who objects.
and notice how it feels to be completely acceptable. And just let yourself sink into sensation without striving. Just notice the feet on the floor, the hands, the rhythm of the breath, whatever point of contact feels natural to you. Take refuge in the body, in sensation. Noticing that there's an attention here that's not the body. That's not the thinking or a feeling. Notice how it feels to be present. Notice that you can rest in presence. Allowing yourself to be seen by an attention that doesn't comment or judge.
And when you find yourself thinking, notice that this is completely natural. And come back again to sensation. Discovering presence. Notice what it's like to let the body be, the feelings be, the thinking be. Just seeing, just being present with. And notice that this awareness is vast, open, like the sky.
And notice that you can come back anytime, begin again, back home to presence. Noticing the aliveness of presence of this attention, that it has a vibrancy, a life, a light. That extends beyond the body. Notice how it feels again to 
to be completely acceptable. Every part, every thought, every feeling, every tension. every sorrow, every joy, everything acceptable, lovable, understandable. Notice how it feels to be still, meeting soft, not resisting. Being with life, just like this.
thank you so much for your practice and your presence. And if you have uh, questions about your practice here or privately or observations, comments, please feel free to share them now. And please don't raise your hand, just speak freely if you wish. Hey, Tracy. I'll just quickly share um, uh, that there was um, a time uh, in my job when I was sleeping about three hours a night for about nine years, um, dealing with all this crisis management stuff. And I found um, uh, one of the things that brought me closer to mindfulness um, and meditation and Buddhism is uh, I forgot which book it was of, of his, but where he talks about that at Plum Village, he's instructed folks to um, let the phone ring three times before they answer it. Um, so not to rush out and grab it, but just take that moment to open and breathe. And I found that uh, really helpful in just getting through my day because I just went, wow, what a great idea. I won't I don't have to rush out. That three seconds is not going to kill anybody, you know. And um, uh, so I just found that really helpful from his teaching. Yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. And a lot of his teachings were just so, so simple. And there'd be something in the mind that wanted it to be fancier, you know. What, can he say something new? You know, that piece is every step. But he was the depth of his sincerity was clear when you're in his presence. Uh, and it's interesting because we've been talking about um, morality or we began to talk about it. And um, I shared with someone that Suzuki Roshi used to say, there's no right or wrong and what's right is right and what's wrong is wrong. Seeming paradox, but it was imitation and imitation and Thich Han very much embodied this to draw close to life, to look and see, to look inside, and not with a, a spirit of like chastising yourself for changing, but with acceptance. This is what we're like, 
and he wrote a famous poem called Call Me By My True Names, where it, he's the pirate and the victims of the pirate. He's the victim and the perpetrator, and on and on. And again, it's not with an attitude of it doesn't matter, but with an attitude of trust in this awareness trust that there is within me a capacity to see, to be with, that to be with the unknown, to look deeper. And he used to say, as I've related here, and, and another little story I won't repeat, having repeated one already, that we cling to our suffering because we're so afraid of the unknown. We would rather cling to a suffering that's familiar than risk being with the unknown. So my way is to just let myself do that for a moment. For a moment, just to turn and see how I am. My endless grasping for certainty to nail things down, to know. And just, just that, to see. And at moments to notice that there is this attention that sees. And just, Douglas, just circling back to what you're saying, at a certain point of your life, to let the phone ring three times and not feel like you're going to burst into flames is astonishing. It begins to open that space that I'm more than my conditions. I can, there's something here that can let the phone ring. Yeah, thank you. And, and what you connected with the unknown was exactly, was exactly that. I, in that situation, I never knew if it was gonna be major crisis or small crisis but it was the unknown that was like what's it gonna be you know that that jump to adrenaline and you, you described it really really well um just that oh, just very simple words that bring you to openness to be able to to be able to say okay i don't know what's going to go on and that's okay too yeah yeah yeah, and just for a moment to entertain, not even 100% trust, but just a little bit of trust that no matter what comes, something can meet it. And we don't even have to put words on what that is. That there's a way of life that is fluid, not fixed. And that even if the worst happens that we can imagine in a moment, maybe we'll go on. 
that's an invitation just to see how we're constantly creating worlds. Right? But what if there was another world, a new way of life right here, right now? Yeah, thanks. And maybe this freedom that we seek, it doesn't mean being without sorrow or worry or sadness. And the, the second time I met with Thich Nhat Hanh privately, I felt his sorrow. But it means not identifying just with that. Letting things flow. And it's, it's astonishing to realize that he was not, uh, Martin Luther King Jr. nominated him for the Nobel Peace Prize. And so clearly he was very, a person of, he was an anti-war activist. But to realize that he invested so much in these moments walking, feet on the floor, sitting in the chair like this together, just for a moment, risking to be present, to be acceptable, to let this hidden capacity for kindness or joy to appear for a moment. And that it was that force his force. That was his force for peace. For a new life of interconnection. And the ease. Hi, Tracy, it's Cecilia. 
I have one quick comment. I kept thinking about the the quote you said, um, I am not this body. So I kept that kept floating through my head. And then I was thinking, well, then who am I? And then um, I guess the other with the uh, you didn't mention it, but the I guess when I've let all of my identities go, then my original face will be manifest. So I was kind of thinking along all of that. Do you have any comments on any of that? <laughs> yeah, it does that. I would invite you to see that this can be something really direct and simple. Um, as far out as it can sound, um, to just notice with the spirit of like, acceptance and and tenderness really all of us that we're so frightened there's so much fear and fear in the body and we can feel it right now that there there could be just an echo of a fear that if if things go wrong or if i do something wrong it could just be the end of me or the end of my life as I've lived it or and I don't even have to put words to it you know they have feeling of, that I need to try really really hard to get things right and to have my body be right and my mind be right and my feelings be right and just this kind of sense of separation, fearful separation, and, and just to see that, but to see it with complete acceptance and love that this is going on. And then we can very gently, fleetingly sometimes notice that seeing that there's something witnessing this, seeing this, this state. And it could range from, I'm ill, and some people here are ill, and the worry, I'll never be well again, and I'll never have happiness in the body again, or energy, or a sense of well-being. Or it can be just just a fleeting sense of, I don't know if I get this, and or worry and concern about other people. They don't get it, or it's, it's not looking good for them. And just witness that, just that. And now, just for a moment, that that attention that is seeing, that's sensing however you happen to experience it right now is not something small, but something vast. That you are not just your body. You are not just your thinking. You are also an attention that's boundless. 
and it's not something you have to read big dusty books to find or climb mountains, but just touch for a moment when you're here. Something is seeing. Can I relax? Can I experiment with relaxing into that seeing? So if pain is present or exhaustion, I'm saying that because some people have reached out to me and they're sick. So if that's present, can I just be interested in that? little bit curious. Oh, this is what I take myself to be. Or in another state, anxiety is present. This is what I take myself to be. Thich Nhat Hanh said that to me. And I'm not trying to name drop, but I wrote a question in the bell, his big bell, threw it in the bell. We were invited to it and just randomly do it. Why do people cling to their suffering? And he said, oh, interesting question. Because we cling to what we think is strongest. And typically that's pain worry, anxiety, but what we are doing here together, moment by moment, week by week, is discovering that there is there are these other moments that are more free of an attention that's open, where I can be with life in its beautiful unfolding, open to what's unexpected and surprising, to the little kid on the beach or the flower, he was always talking about flowers and clouds, and being from Brooklyn, I'd be like, oh, you know, I want grit, but, but he was talking about these moments of being, just being, being open. To life, yeah. Just maybe it's, you know, you haven't heard this from anyone else, but I got COVID, um, uh, I think it's the new one. And, uh, and not only was it very mild, but um, there was a period, of, there was a manic period. So I had a little bit of a cold and I kept testing and testing and then finally I got a positive test. But the day before I got the positive test, I was manic. I was calling people up on the phone <laughs> and they were all saying he's, he's doubled his Adderall dose and it was COVID. And then I, and then I calmed down and felt better. So everything I read about this disease is a horrible disease. And I don't mean to say it's not a horrible disease, but it's possible if you're vaccinated and boosted to get um, a mild cold, <laughs> a mild cold followed with a period of exaltation and then be over with. So it, <laughs> I hope more people have that experience. It certainly was not what I was expecting. <laughs> well, 
Well, that's a very interesting thing to bring into the space. And what I would say at this moment, first of all, I'm glad that you seem to be healing away from your state of temporary exaltation. <laughs> that all kinds of things happen to the body, to the feelings, to the mind. All kinds of things, unexpected things. Who knew you could that this could happen and it could bring this temporary state of exaltation? Who knew? But this is a practice for beginning to open and align ourselves to an awareness that's not completely identified with what's happening to us whether it's exaltation or, or despair, whether it's illness or good health, not in the sense of some kind of icy remove, but just the opposite, that I can discover a capacity I never thought existed to draw close to life, to draw close to life touch it, to know it, to understand it, to offer myself to it, and certainly take not haunted that, just showing up and walking with people, or ringing the bell, or sharing presence. touched and helped so many people. And it's not something that is separate from us. It's right here, right now, in us. To share. And those were, in effect, his parting words. that he's still here. It didn't mean something spooky like a ghost. It means this presence. That we share. So let's, you want to sit? Let's sit for just a minute or two and offer metta, metta. Putting our hands in our heart space. Loving kindness is metta. And we just let our, our presence, our hearts open in offering to ourselves and all beings in all worlds, past and present, living and dead, offering them the wish and ourselves too. May we all be safe and protected from all harm and danger in all our passages, all our transitions. May we all be at peace, knowing that we're accompanied 
they are all beings everywhere without exception find healing and wholeness and be completely unbounded, completely and utterly free. for your presence, for coming every week, for your kind and generous donations. Keep us going. Keep me going. Thank you. And I look forward to seeing you next time. Bye-bye. Take good care. Bye-bye. Thank you, Tracy. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you so much.